Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. Let the church say amen again. You can turn to Luke chapter 2. We're looking at verse 21. During this Advent season, we remember the incarnation on one hand where Jesus stepped out of heaven to earth, became a man. We remember the incarnation on one hand. On the other hand, we remember his submission. His submission. Uh, Mary's submission. Joseph's submission. The incarnation, yet the submission. Today, we remember <laughs> the hype about Jesus as we look at the angel and the heavenly host, they hype him. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. What's up, Will? He's the Lord. We look at the hype of Jesus today, but we look at the hurt of Jesus today. He hurt. Jesus hurt. Some of us think when we get saved, we ain't supposed to hurt. Jesus hurt. We look at the Annunciation, the angels' Annunciation, the angels' proclamation, the angels' declaration, but we also look at the circumcision. Any man in the house? We look at the circumcision because the law said so. And I, I thought about it, the circumcision, I was like, but he's Jesus, though. He's Jesus. And then as soon as I thought it, I was like, he's Jesus, but he's Jewish. <laughs> he's Jesus, but he's Jewish. This light right here really got me messed up. I feel like high school. He's Jesus, but he's Jewish, so guess what? He submits. He submits. Sometimes submission hurts. Sometimes submission hurts. But we got to have this mindset where we say submission, it hurts, but scalpel, please. Let me say that again. Again, man, y'all need to be feeling me. Submission, it hurts. But somebody ought to be trusting enough to say, scalpel, please, anyway. Father, thank you.
I don't know any other way to say it, Jesus, you were circumcised. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's crazy to me, but thank you. Thank you. <sighs> Help me to preach in a way that glorifies you. I understand that means that I must decrease, you must increase. So Holy Spirit, do what I can't do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all see this? Can we get one of the high-tech HD cameras to zoom in? Am I on hologram? <laughs> Submission, it hurts. But don't we want to be a church that says to Jesus, says to God, scalpel anyway. Go ahead and work on me. Go ahead and cut some things out. And it cuts like a knife, submitting like Christ. Mm -hmm. That's Michael Jackson, the goat. Submission, it hurts, but scalpel, please, even if it means enduring the pain. Even if it means enduring the pain. I'm only preaching one verse today. It's verse 21. It's one verse, but man, it's a lot in that verse. Even if it means enduring the pain. Verse 21 says, after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. That's Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Let me read that again. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise. We talking about little Ray Ray here? No. We talking about uh, little Shaquan here? No. Who's the child? Somebody tell me who the child is. Jesus. It's time to circumcise Jesus. <laughs> it's time to circumcise Jesus. Here, here's what I know. If you go back to chapter 1, you got to look at what happened before we get to verse 21 of chapter 2. What had happened? No, we're actually in chapter 2. I, I preached some of this last week. Look at what happened before we get to verse 21. Uh, we ain't going to read this today, but some shepherds were out in the fields watching their animals. You've heard this passage before. They're out in the fields watching their flock by night. Check this out. They've got a lowly job. They've got a job that you don't necessarily want to have. They're lowly uh, and low on the totem pole. But guess what, Mike? Angel shows up. Not to some attorneys, not to some doctors, to some lowly shepherds. An angel shows up and talks to them, and the glory of the Lord does what? It shones all around them. Look at what the angel told him. He said, yo, that's a good day. Today is a good day. He, he, uh, the wrong audience. The 11 o'clock. Uh, anyway. 
he, 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 said, he said, I'm bringing y'all some really good news. To you is born this very day the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord is born. Anybody glad that he was born? Anybody glad that he took on some flesh? Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. He said, it's some good news. The Savior is here. You're going to find him wrapped in, in, in bands of cloth. Uh, and then when, they, when, when the angel said that, a bunch of heavenly hosts showed up. They showed up and they couldn't keep their mouth closed. They started talking. They said, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he favors. These shepherds got the good news and they said, let's get there. Let's get to where this baby is at. They show up. They tell Mary, Joseph, and anybody who would listen what they had heard. Mary, she treasured it in her heart. So the angel just hyped Jesus. He said he's the Savior. He said he's the Messiah. He says he's the Christ. I don't know about you, but if I'm the Christ, if I'm the Savior, if I'm the Messiah, here's what you ain't going to do to me. Real talk. There's got to be, if I'm the Savior, if I'm really God, I can avoid this. I'm going to the cross, but, but I'm going I'm to I'm keep my skin. Y'all don't hear me. I'm, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to keep this little bit of skin. You ain't finna cut me. We could really go home. Do y'all see what I see? Jesus let them. And by the way, he didn't get cut with something like this. He didn't have Marcus Welby, Trapper John, George Clooney on ER. They cut him. And here's the thing, we're just in one verse. It says, after eight days had passed. So you got, if you're Mary and Joseph, he, you just had the Messiah. You just had the Christ. You just had the anointed one, the Holy One, <laughs> the Lord. You got eight days to think about it. So, so his circumcision is not arbitrary. Y'all hear me? My mic on? Yeah. Eight days is a long time to think about somebody cutting your baby, somebody cutting your God, somebody cutting your Messiah. That's a long time you can change your mind. Anybody ever known the right thing to do, but you just had too much time to think about it, and, and, then, and then before long, you did the wrong thing? After eight days had passed, it was, it was time. It was time to circumcise him. It was time to circumcise him. Grant, you can cut my fingernails if you want. <laughs> you can cut my toenails. I don't care if y'all judge me. Every now and then, I like to get my feet done. 
Okay, y'all don't hear me. I don't want to cut my wife in the bed. Anybody ever cut their wife with their feet? I cut my wife. Okay, okay. Uh, you can cut my toenails. I don't mind if you, um, you can cut my eyelashes if you want to. If you want to get my eyebrows with those little strings and stuff, you can do that. A year and a half ago, I let a barber cut 20 years worth of locks off my head. My wife cried. He cut my locks. Now I don't look like Quavo. <laughs> but to cut, <laughs> to cut off one's prepuce, y'all never heard that word. Let me say it to a way you can understand. To cut off my foreskin, and I'm going to try to keep this thing rated G, to cut off my foreskin? Man, I don't, I don't know about that, but, but circumcision, we're in verse 21. It's that right in which male children of the Israelites on the eighth day were consecrated to Jehovah. And they're introduced into the number of his people. That's why they got to do it. They're introduced into the number of his people. Listen to me. All the males in the Mediterranean area, all of them are circumcised. Uh, uh, but, 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 but this one is a little bit different because except the Philistines, they were never circumcised. But everybody else in the Mediterranean area were circumcised. The Romans, they were circumcised on the ninth day. The Greeks were circumcised even, either on the seventh day or the tenth day. The Arabs were circumcised, this one is crazy, on their 13th birthday. How many of you know it's time to run away? Yes. <laughs> On your 13th birthday? But the Jews, stay with me, the Jews were circumcised on which day? The eighth day. All I'm trying to get you to see is this was a sign of Jesus' Jewishness. <laughs> We don't have any Jews in here because ain't nobody celebrating. Jesus, Jesus wants people to know I'm a Jew. <laughs> Y'all watch the news. It's crazy right now. You can't hardly say the word Jew. But Jesus is identifying as a Jew. Jesus is wanting us to know I'm born under the law. And uh, I'm going to go ahead, check this out. This is a new word for some of y'all. I'm going to go ahead and submit to it. Grant, I, I wish I could make this a, f a fancy sermon. Let me say it this way. Jesus is circumcised in just a normal way. That don't even make sense to me. He's he circumcised in a normal way. How do I know? Because if I go to Luke chapter 1, verse 59, a cat named John the Baptist was circumcised the same way. Luke 1, 59 says, on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. Who are they talking about? John the Baptist. So John the Baptist gets it the same way as Jesus. That don't make sense. Jesus is being circumcised 
as was custom. He's just doing what all the other Jewish males are doing. I'm trying to drive a point home. Because <laughs> I, I, I was saying all week, hold on, he's the Christ. He shouldn't be doing it like everybody else is doing it. Uh, he's the anointed one. You mean he's going to get circumcised just like uh, another Jewish dude would? He's the Messiah, the, 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 the Holy One. And then it hit me. That's just it. Jesus ain't using his Jesus card to get out of it. He ain't showing up with his VIP card talking about, uh, uh, I'm going to bypass. Uh, how many of you know if I had a card to bypass circumcision, I would flash that card? Jesus doesn't use his Messiah card. Matter of fact, his Messiah card it's what gets him in this predicament in the, in the first place. <laughs> what we see here in verse 21 is Jesus' solidarity with the people. Here's what you can do if you're a Jew in this day. Here's what you can do. You can say, oh, snap, he's one of us. Golly, y'all don't hear me. Uh, today, we can say... He was one of us. He walked just like I walked. He talked just like I talked. He was tempted just like I was tempted. He hurt just like I hurt. He cried just like I cried. One of the reasons I worship him, one of the reasons I praise him is because he was just like me, but he never, ever sinned. He, let me say it this way, you church people, he's Emmanuel. He's with us, not just in the good times. He's with us. He got circumcised, showing his solidarity with mankind, but also showing he's the salvation for mankind. Because if you turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 3, it says this, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey, listen to this, the entire law. I'm just teaching that there won't be a lot of amens. Uh, that's a mouthful. That's a sermon. Read it one more time. Galatians 5.3, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. How many of you know you, me, us, we, them, they can't obey the entire law? We can't even drive 55. Right? And I ain't talking about American law. We can't even obey the easy stuff. Man, I, 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 uh, you can't obey, you can't obey the Mosaic law. You, can't, you cannot do everything. So Jesus getting circumcised, what Jesus does is he embraces Galatians 5. Three, he bore about him in his very flesh the seal of, of, of obligation saying, I'm going to be the one in my flesh to obey the entire law. I'm going to be the one that takes on the entire law. And so that means I can't get around the scalpel. One day, you know what, I'm going to be glad it's going to happen here when we just run around the church shouting and screaming without me preaching loud. 
Do y'all, y'all hear me? Jesus got cut for us. Because <laughs> we could not fulfill the law. I'm 53 years old. My birthday is September 23rd. But I remember high school. Uh, Dennis, I ate maybe three times in the cafeteria high school in four years. I was too scared to eat in that bad boy. People be fighting. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit outside the courtyard for four years. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Ain't no fights out here about a library. Senior year. And, and, and for four years, I would sit. There was a garbage can outside the courtyard right across from the library. I'd sit on the garbage can. A couple of girls would be sitting there, too. A little motivation. I'll take your cup. Here, and put it in. And for four years, the principal, Mr. Abernathy, would walk by, and he'd say, Keith, get off the garbage can. Yes, sir. A couple times, I'd see him walking. I'd just jump up, and then when he passed by, I'd get back on. Something, to me, it made me just look cool. Who sits on the garbage can? <laughs> My senior year, I was the class president. I was impeached, but I overcame. <laughs> they tried to get me, but I was like, <laughs> had a protest. <laughs> I was the class president my senior year, and Mr. Abernathy walked by. It was maybe two weeks to go in school. I've never liked anything that I consider corny. I don't like corny music. I don't like corny anything. We, every year for graduation, the class would always sing a class song that was always just corny. So one of the things I did with my power <laughs> at the officers' meeting, I was like, we're not going to sing this corny class song. Single, fallen, yet together, we have shared our great... We ain't singing that. We're going to sing some Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> We're going all the way. That's what we sang. And the officers decided, Keith, we want you to sing it. <laughs> you ain't said nothing but a thing. <laughs> so I'm going to sit at the piano, and I'm going to sing, We're Going All the Way. <sighs> Two weeks or so before graduation, the principal walked by. By the way, the choral teacher fought it because she wanted to sing that corny song. But I was the president. <laughs> Mr. Abernathy walked by one day. I'm sitting on that garbage can. He didn't scold me. He said this to me. He said, I hear that you're singing the class song by yourself and you're playing the piano. I said, yes, sir. I hadn't practiced it once. And he said, are you sure you can do it? You know how to play the piano? I've never heard you. I said, yes, sir. He said, do you read sheet music? I said, no, sir. It was clear the choral teacher had talked to him. She was, she was, she was snitching. And as Prince Harry or Harry has told us, snitches get Netflix deals. <laughs> oh. 
and he, he, he said, I said, yeah, I got it. I know the song. I'll be ready. It's two more weeks. He said, you got it? I said, yes, sir. He didn't ask me to get off the garbage can. Here's what he said. He said, let's walk down to the chorus room. I want to hear it. Anybody know we're going all the way, Jeffrey Osborne? It changes keys a couple of times. I couldn't play the song. But like a fool, 17, y'all, I said, okay, let's go. And literally, I walked to that chorus room by faith, not by sight. Because he wanted to hear the song. We walk up in the chorus room knowing I can't play the song. I was playing the part. We walk in that room, and he interrupted the class. He said, Miss Payne, I want to hear Keith play the class song and sing it. Like an idiot, I sat at the piano. And, and, and I didn't know the introduction. It's a short introduction, so I didn't play it. What I did was I just simply found the key. I found the key, and I said, we're just beginning. And I know we've each been down this road a time or two. And Mr. Abernathy said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> he said, that's amazing. He said, he turned to Miss Payne. He said, he can't read sheet music. He said, you can't read sheet music. I said, no, sir. Here's the bottom line. We didn't even make it to the chorus. We got five or six words into it. Won't God step in <laughs> right on time? God made a way out of no way. I didn't even get to the chorus because uh, the chorus, it changes keys. Mr. Abernathy was blown away. He kept saying, you don't read sheet music. No, sir. You never took a lesson. No, sir. What's my point of the story? I faked it. Yeah, you're a pastor. At 17, I faked it. I faked it. When I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I look at Luke chapter 2, verse 21, you can't fake the scalpel. I'm not going to talk loud. You can't fake the laceration. You can't fake the wound. You can't fake the cut. Let me say it this way. Fred, you can't fake the blood. <laughs> you can't fake the blood. I'm not talking about the blood of a goat. I, I, I ain't talking about uh, the blood of a pigeon. I'm, I'm not talking about the blood of a turtle dove. You can't fake this blood. I'm talking about the blood of the one that the angel had talked about, said he was going to be the Savior, said he was going to be the Messiah, said he was going to be the Lord. Hey, I'm in awe of the fact that he bled for us way before the cross. That first bleeding, write this down, his blood was our bond. 
I wish y'all shouted every now and then. His blood was our bond. See, that's how he bonded with us way before the cross. I'm one of y'all. I will prove it till you cut me. I'll bleed just like you. I'll suffer just like you. I will endure the pain just like you. Our circumcision means that we concede that we're debtors. His circumcision means that he's saying, I'm going to pay the debt. I'm I'm, going to take on your debt. My blood is your bond. But listen to me. It required his submission. That was painful. Man, I want y'all to think about it. He was a baby. And again, he didn't do circumcision willy-nilly. It wasn't arbitrary. It ain't like it was just sprung up on him. Don't you think before he left heaven, he knew? Write this down. We're talking about submission in this series. Submission often necessitates rather than mitigates pain. Man, I want somebody to hear it. Uh, I have ADD. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Can I go on a rabbit trail real quick? Let me read that again. Submission often necessitates rather than mitigates pain. I love the NBA. I love basketball, Kevin. You know it. I uh, was good enough to play in the league. <laughs> but one of the things I hate about sports today, I sound my age now, Players, man, they sit out for any reason. Any little bit of pain, they will not play. I like Michael Jordan when he played with the flu and he busted Utah up. I like Kobe Bryant when he tore his Achilles and he shot that free throw anyway. I like Larry Bird when he was playing one time. He fell to the floor, hit his face on the floor, and kept playing. Look, uh, players today, they won't submit to the pain. Sounds like the modern-day church. Jesus submitted even when it hurt. Jesus lost flesh. Let me say it this way. He had skin in the game. I'm moving on to the next point because I can see the men squirming. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to put skin in the game in submission to God's will? Won't be a lot of amens this sermon. You need to answer that question. Are you willing to put skin in the game saying yes to God? Did y'all read verse 21? It said after eight days had Past. It was time for the child to be circumcised. After eight days, well, it was time. <laughs> After eight days, it was time. It was time. Can I say to six of y'all, it's time. Thank you for coming to church. I applaud you. But you need to submit to God's scalpel. This ain't about the factory. What has God called you to do that's going to hurt you? It's time. 
It's time to say, God, I trust you enough. Go ahead and work on me. What is it that you know, I know I'm talking to somebody, you know God has made it clear to you you're supposed to do this thing, but you're trying to avoid the very thing you need. Can I say to you it's time? Can I say to you you've been saved long enough? It's time. It's, yeah, you're going to hurt some, but it's time. You might cry, but it's time. God is not sadistic. He's just trying to make a better way for you. He knows you need some pride cut out of your life. It's time. He, he knows you need that lust cut out of your life. It's time. He knows you need that arrogance cut out of your life. It's time. Let me say it this way, the way my daddy would say it. It's time to stop playing church. Sometimes in my head, I amen my own self. Submitting, let me be honest with you, submitting sometimes, it will hurt. But I dare you to say to God, scalpel, please. If you went down to Kennestone to get surgery, right, you walk in, you know, they, they wheel you in, you walk in the operating room, and I was there to do your surgery. <laughs> PK? It's a sur- uh, don't let that happen. I, you can let me preach. Don't let me cut on you. But if God's the surgeon, don't trust me. Don't trust religion to cut on you. Religion will mess you up. But if God wants to work on you, submission, it hurts. But scalpel, please. Number two, even if it means embracing the name. Even if it means embracing the name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Beautiful song. I I love the song. The first time I heard it wasn't here. I said, we got to sing that song at the factory. Beautiful song. Unless you Jesus. Because <laughs> the name means pain. <laughs> the name means son of, 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 of God. It means savior. It, 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 means, it means Yahweh saves. That might not mean anything to you. He can't save without the cross. So Jesus had to embrace the name that we sing about and we made it so cute. No, that's a name that means I got to suffer. <laughs> it's verse 21. Let's look in the middle of the verse. It says, and he was called what? Anybody get happy? He was called Jesus. He was called Jesus. A friend told me when I was in college, there were times in college I would struggle to pray. I would get on my knees. I didn't have the words to say. A guy by the name of Donald Strahan, a classmate, said, sometimes when you go to your knees and you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. 
I, that was 1988. Sometimes now I do that to this day. I go to my knees and I just say, Jesus, you will be amazed uh, what happens sometimes when I just say, Jesus, 10, 11, 15, 20 times, 100 times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The atmosphere shifts. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My mindset changes. Jesus, Jesus. There's power in the name. There's healing in the name. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. And he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before, before he was conceived in the womb. Listen to me. The naming was part of the circumcision ceremony. An angel had told Mary when? Before her conception. It's in, put it on the screen, in Luke 1, verse 31, an angel shows up and says this, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. What does the angel say? Name him Jesus. This is before she had even conceived. But after conception, an angel showed up to Joseph. Put that passage on the screen. Here's what the angel says. She will bear a son. You are to name him Jesus. Jesus. Y'all see what I see? The angel speaks before conception to Mary. The angel speaks after conception to Joseph. But he's saying the same thing. Name this baby Jesus. So all they're doing, they name the child what the angel said. Y'all missing it. All they're doing is they're taking God's direction and submitting to it. God's direction inspired their submission. That's not on the screen, but you should write that down. It should be God's directions that inspire my submission. I don't care if it's an angel. That's crazy. An angel would speak to me. Yes, it's crazy, but I'm going to submit. I, I don't care if it's a voice from heaven. I don't really speak to this angel, but, but, but he's speaking now. And since he gives me direction, I say yes. If you open this book and God gives you directions, I don't care if it's from the book Leviticus. I don't care if it's from the book of Deuteronomy. If God says it, do it. It might be that you're on your knees in the morning. You're praying for that breakthrough, for that SUV, for that house with the cul-de-sac, for that man, for that woman. But God might interrupt your prayer time and tell you to do something crazy. If God interrupts your prayer time and say, it's scalpel time, obey him. That's what Mary and Joseph did. They just submitted. Sometimes I don't like preaching stuff because I got to submit too. For me, if I can be transparent, one of the things God has worked with me on since we planted this church, go ahead and love people that don't love you. Sound good. You know how many people have unfriended me on social media since we started the factory? One of the things God has had me do, man, reach out to them. They ain't going to hit you back, but tell them, hey, is there anything that I did to offend you? Any way I can serve you? Do you think I want to do that? <laughs> Y'all are funny. Y'all so churchy, boy. Y'all do it, huh? An angel told them, name that baby Jesus. 
Well, that sounds so good, an angel told me. <laughs> Don't that sound good? A voice from heaven, they named that baby Jesus. But God, we were going to name him Tashan, Jesus. A voice from heaven. That sounds awesome. Sounds so good to get your baby's name from God until I started thinking about it. Think about When you read the Bible, check this out. Think. Because I started thinking about it. I said this last week. My wife and I, we've had two babies. It was hard on me. <laughs> I remember our first baby, Jayla. You remember this? We bought a baby book with names in it. And we were thinking, do we want to go Afrocentric? Shaka. Do we want to go Afrocentric? Do we want to go contemporary? La JJ, La Ray Ray. What we knew is we wanted to give our baby a name that would allow them one day to be able to get a job. A loan. A house. Bottom line is this. We wanted to name our own baby. Thank you, Marcus. We wanted to name the baby ourselves. It's all right. Can you imagine? Y'all remember the sermon from last week? Can you imagine being Mary? Walk 90 miles? Perhaps rode a donkey? Can you imagine the labor pains? I don't know if she had morning sickness. She didn't have an epidural. She didn't go to Johns Hopkins to deliver this baby. She didn't go to Cedar sinai to deliver this baby. Surely, God, you're going to let her name him. Going back to our first kid, Jayla. If we had a girl, we didn't know what we were going to have. I made it clear early on, if we have a girl, I want to name the girl Jayla. Jayla. I thought my wife and I were on the same page. So we had the baby, girl, and my wife, right in the hospital, named her Cameron. And I'm thinking, but I thought, I thought we agreed, but we, I, sometimes I didn't listen. I just thought we agreed. She named the baby Cameron. What was I to say? I had just watched some stuff. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you know what I did? I shut up. Because I had the easy part in the process. But I, well, we were in the hospital two or three days, however long we were there. It took about a day. My wife changed the name from Cameron to Morgan. 
Morgan is an I-can-get-along name. She named the baby Morgan. What was I to say? I saw her from 12 noon to 8 p.m. writhing in pain, yelling, screaming, looking like a monster. <laughs> I saw. So what was I to say? I wanted Jayla, but we got Morgan. After two or three days, we go home. The nurse could see that, you know, we ain't quite settled on the name, and then the lady, whoever the name lady is, said to you, you got X amount of days to make the name official. You got X amount of days. After a while, I come in one day, and my wife said, I've changed the baby's name to Jayla. And she said, I noticed you never once called her Morgan. You never once called her Morgan. That showed me that you really wanted the name Jayla. Inside, I was like, what should have showed you was my lips. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> we had a very difficult time naming Jayla but at least we got to make the choice. Y'all are too churchy for me. Mary ain't have a choice. Joseph didn't have a choice, but I believe you would say the same thing. I would say the same thing. I believe Mary and Joseph would say the same thing. It's not on the screen, but write this down. Let God give you your name. Lucille, before we left the hospital, that lady knew we weren't sure. I don't know what her title was. She said, you got X amount of days. Here's what she was saying. It ain't too late. Oh. <laughs> Can I come over here? It ain't too late. I'm talking to y'all now. But Keith, you don't know me. I'm an adulterer. It ain't too late for God to give you your name. Uh, Keith, you don't know me. I, I got a smoking problem. I got a weed problem. But I got good news for you. It ain't too late for God to give you your name. He's already given you your name. It ain't too late for you to embrace your name, Keith. But you don't know me. I got a temper. I'm angry all the time. The good news is it ain't too late. Write this down. I'm almost kind of, sort of done. <laughs> Often we're confused about our mission because we're confused about our moniker. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. And I'm talking to you seriously. Are you calling yourself what God has called you? Are you calling yourself what your ex called you the last time y'all talked. You taking on what your ex said rather than what God has said about you. Are you calling yourself what God has called you? Are you calling yourself what, what mama used to call you when she was comparing you to your no good daddy? Are you calling yourself what God has called you 
or what your emotions call you. Anybody's emotions ever talk to them and tell them you ain't no good? You're lazy? You're worth Anybody? You're worthless? Are you calling yourself what God has called you or what your feelings call you? My feelings sometimes get me in trouble. Can I give you some advice? Stop listening to any other voice other than God. If it's one thing I know for sure, I know some things for sure, it's that God loves us. Y'all don't know when to shout. Preston, I know that for sure. It's a lot of stuff in the Bible I don't know. I don't know, but I know God loves me. One of the reasons I know it, I'm 53 years old. I can look back over my life, and I can see, listen to me, I can see so much sin. If God hadn't gotten rid of me yet, he ain't going to get rid of me. the problem with calling yourself what God calls you? It requires submission. Can I tell you why? Because the name doesn't stop the pain. Jesus means son of God. Jesus means the savior of mankind. It means the Lord saves. Here's the problem. If there's going to be some saving there's going to be some suffering. Circumcision was his first bit of suffering, but it wasn't his last. (laughs) You got circumcision, but then you got crucifixion where he proves he's the Savior. (laughs) He proves that he's the Messiah. He proves that he's the anointed one. He proves that he's the Holy One. Guys, how many of y'all know he really is the Savior? He really is the Savior. He really, I'm talking about for real. He really is the Savior. Here's the problem, Dennis. Him being Savior means pain comes with it. Uh, not, I'm not talking about a scalpel anymore at my circumcision, but the pain went beyond that. He got circumcised in a totally different way. But I can hear in my spirit him basically saying, scalpel, please. Because <laughs> one day he was praying in the garden. He said, I don't want this cup, but not my will. Scalpel, please. Not my will. Scalpel, please. Scalpel, please. Go ahead and work on me. The first time the scalpel came, he was eight days old. The first time the scalpel came, he was just a baby. He was just an infant. The incarnation was still fresh, but in submission, he said, scalpel, please. (laughs) Thirty-three and a half years later, uh, 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 it ain't Mary and Joseph submitting. He's a grown man. He's doing it himself, and he's saying, you know what? My skin for their sin, and I'm no longer talking about my foreskin. I'm not talking about my foreskin. I'm talking about the skin on my back. I'm talking about the skin on my head. I'm talking about the skin on my hands and on my feet. But scalpel, please, it's 
his second suffering. I'm not talking about circumcision now. I'm talking about crucifixion. But scalpel, please. I'm not talking about a mere cut now. I'm talking about a cross now. But scalpel, please. I'm not talking about a cute baby anymore. I'm talking about a grown man. I'm talking about the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, taking on death, taking on somebody beating him, somebody flogging him, somebody whipping him. All those hours, he knew this. My submission is now my choice. Jesus had a mindset, submission hurts. But scalpel, please. Merry Christmas. Please, if you come here, let's stop making Christmas so cute. Amen. Can, can, can I say one other thing? Let's stop making this book so cute. I don't want to start a whole different sermon. I've heard this a lot. There's some truth in it. I've heard so many people say, this is God's love ladder to us. Have y'all read this? What a crazy love ladder. <laughs> don't write me no love ladder like this, where, where, where I see one time the earth opens up and swallows some people. How are you going to... And, and sure, he loves us. Sure, we can see us. I'm not discounting it. Let's stop making this stuff cute. The problem is when we make it cute, it makes it easier. Our brand of Christianity is now easy. No, our brand of Christianity comes with the scalpel. <laughs> Homework assignment, and I'm done. You guys have truly been lovely. Homework assignment. Go ahead and ask this. I want you to pray and ask God, even in your seats, if there are any aspects of my life that aren't submitted and need to be cut. If God kind of whispers to you, yep, you got a couple of aspects of your life that need to be cut, right now, before you even get home, might be awkward to you, give them to him. I don't even know if y'all hear me. <laughs> I'm not, don't wait till you get home. Go ahead and settle this stuff with them now. You might not make it home. Go ahead and talk to him. God, is there anything in my life that I need you to cut? Chances are there is. Talk to him. Talk to him. Wrestle with him. Wrestle with him. Wrestle with him. Wrestle, wrestle. If you're in here and you're a Christian, you're saved, but you've never really had the mindset, scalpel, please. You've never really had that mindset, quite frankly, because you don't trust God enough. Go ahead and wrestle with him. Tell him you're tired of being saved but not submitted. Tell him, you're tired of coming to church, but always taking the easy route. Tell him you want to start out with submitting, even just getting up in the morning, even when you're tired and talking to him. Getting up in the morning, even when you're tired and listening to him and reading about him. Let him know, God, God, cut this off of me. 
Cut this off of me. Cut this out of my heart. Cut this out of my mind. Cut this out of my life. And then if you're here, you don't know the Lord as your Savior. You're not a Christ follower. You come to church, but you've never made a decision to give him your life. I dare you to say, God, cut away the life that I currently live. Cut me away from my sin. Cut me away from my will. Cut me away from my way. Cut me away from my being my own savior. Would you save me? I dare you to tell him, Father, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die. Thank you for his circumcision where he, he could identify with us, where he became one of us. But thank you for his crucifixion. I, I believe Jesus died. I dare you to say that. I, I believe he died on a cross. I believe they put him in a tomb, and on the third day, he got up. Father, would you cut away that part of my life that has stopped me from asking you from being my Savior? Whether it's pride, self-reliance, would you cut it away? Right now, I submit to you, and I ask you to be my Savior. Would you save me? Would you save me? Would you save me? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Submitting, it hurts. But scalpel, please. I thank God for the fact that Jesus submitted. As I look at you as you're about to leave, my prayer is that we would be a church that submits. I thought about it this week, Marcus. I thought about coming here and not having any music today. We might do that one day. I believe music is appropriate. I believe praise and worship makes sense. But sometimes I want to see why we come. What I hope is God makes us a church that we don't need a keyboard. We don't need a Sunday morning. But we want to be mature enough to just say, I want to live a cut life. I want us to be a church where we don't need the worship team to sing our song. I want us to be a church. I want it for myself where the other six days we're willing to let God cut on us. Anybody else want that? How many of you know, and I ain't going to preach again, but how many of you know your friends will see that and say there's something different about them? How many of you know that, that your family will see when you don't argue over Thanksgiving and act a fool on social media because you want God to cut you, people will notice that you ain't like anybody else. Submission, it hurts, but scalpel, please. Father, would you help us simple and plain to be a church that submits to you?
by the way, God, that means submitting to people, doesn't it? Help us to count the cost, to take up our cross, and to die daily in submission. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you and keep you.